Hi listeners, just wanted to pop in before this week's episode to let you know that we are sharing the lost episode that we thought we had lost last week. So I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. We apologize if there's any weirdness with the timing or any of that, just because we thought this was going to be the episode to launch 2022. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Whatever. Yay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Well, um, the hard part is done. Yeah, right? Fuck. Hello! Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Peculiar Pairings, the podcast where we tell you fun, creepy, true crime, conspiracy-type stories, and yeah. we pair it with food and drink. And they're hopefully tasty and entertaining and everything's fun and it's a good time. My yes. name is Matt. I'm Celine. Uh, well, Matt, what do we have today for National Park Conspiracy Theory? Well, when you, yeah, when you said, uh, when you said it was a National Parks, it made me think of hiking and being outdoors. And when I think about like going out and and doing rugged outdoorsy things, it always makes me think of something that isn't really a, a a favorite treat of mine. But it always makes me think of like trail mix. You know, you're not yeah. you're not stopping for nothing. You just need a quick boost of energy and nutrients. So you you put your hand in a bag and you pull out a whole hob hodgepodge of stuff. And uh, and then it also made me think like you want an extra boost of protein. So we always brought these like kind of. Uh, one might say better than um, Slim Jim, like meat sticks. So I got me yes, some teriyaki the upgraded meat version. Sticks. Yeah, yeah. Like, not just weirdly. I have a friend who loves, uh, absolutely loves Slim Jims, and I can't stand them. They just taste like the worst parts of everything. And ugh. I don't understand how the, that snack can be so greasy. Yeah, right? It's. It weirds me out and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, me neither. And even like, like just taking it out of the package, like it is surrounded in some kind of mucus almost. It's, yeah. yeah. I do Ooh. not find it appetizing in the least. No, I but do not. These ones are, are pretty good. They're, they're sort of store-bought teriyaki sticks and I got my... My trail mix here, and then that is simply paired with uh, another thing that to me, <clears throat> that to me kind of harkens back to summertime and and walking outside, and uh, just got a, a simple beer. I'm I'm enjoying a uh, a Blue Moon Belgian White. Oh, nice! I have left-handed brewery brewery, and I have their s'mores beer, which felt very fitting for today nice. because there's nothing like a good old s'mores very nice i am i am quite a fan of left hand i my my i think my now my personal absolute most favorite beer which i never thought like if you talked to me when i was a youngin in in early college days i would have never gone for dark beer but i absolutely love their their nitro milk stout 
That's one of my favorites. Oh my God. It's so good. I wouldn't have thought that I liked it. And I didn't realize how much of a difference the nitro actually makes. I know. I, I, cause they do actually also make it in just a regular, like carbonated form. Yeah. Not nearly as good. There is something about the smoothness in the nitro that makes it just, just excellent. But I could talk about beers all day, but we're here to talk about some craziness stuff. We'll start a beer podcast and then we'll talk about (laughs) beers all day. Well, I mean, we could always just pair up with another podcast that does beers for like an episode. Mm. Ooh, that's a good idea. Any listeners, suggestions, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Do a crossover. Yeah. That's a good plan. We're talking about national parks, specifically the main conspiracy theory about national parks that has popped up in the last year and a half or so. Oh, okay. I was, honestly, I was expecting this to be from like the very inception of them, which uh, would would also be fine, but I'm not familiar. When you first told me national parks conspiracies, it reminded me of when we talked about the, the airport conspiracies. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I'm now I'm very curious. I didn't even know it was this new. Yeah. So before we dive into everything, I'm going to give you my sources for today. I have utdailybeacon.com, driveinvibin.com, adventure.howstuffworks.com, pathloom.com, missing411.com, Reddit, and TikTok. Okay. I am, I'm obviously familiar with Reddit and TikTok. Uh, I'm not familiar with most of them that you listed, but I do know a little bit about the missing 411. So that is a bad sign. The missing 411. Yeah. So that's kind of where some of the other late, earlier parts of the theory pops up is from the missing 411. Ah. And now I'm especially intrigued. Yes. we'll, We'll get into it. Don't you worry. Now I'm excited. So, a national park is categorized as a scenic or historically important area of countryside protected by the federal government for the enjoyment of the general public or the preservation of wildlife. We can thank Teddy Roosevelt for national parks. He is the reason we have them. Yeah, that is about my my extent. The extent, the extent of, of my knowledge. Yeah, I'm like, and to be fair. Had you had you I waited for you to say which president because I was thinking about taking a guess and in my mind I'm like I'm not going to get it right. I'm like is it Roosevelt? Do I even know which Roosevelt? I, know I think I would have I think I would have guessed Teddy but oh, Yes. I'm, okay, yeah. It yeah, is our we, wilderness oh, Teddy man Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. He is the obvious choice. I mean, he's just he he's is. like a he's like a legend. Oh, he is, especially especially out here. Rugged mountain man hunting in the flat tops of Colorado. Oh, yeah. I living his best life. <laughs> I want to kill everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are 423 national parks in the U.S. And most of the information I found out on that was a lie. So. Oh, what? <laughs> 
And I say that because the information I found said California has the most national parks at nine, only oh. the, to then find out that Tennessee has 12 and Florida and what? Georgia both have 11. Shut up. What? And then New oh, York has be- like 22. Oh, I suppose that that kind of makes sense because it's like a bunch of little ones. And the more urban yeah. sprawl there is, the more they might set up to like try to protect pieces of it. Yeah. But I, I will admit, just based on land mass, I would have probably guessed California as one of the bigger contenders. Yeah. I want to say California has the most land of national okay. parks, like the as biggest far as, like, ones. Acreage. Mm-hmm. And then they're followed by Alaska, which kind of surprised me. I would have thought Alaska would have been a lot higher just because I, Alaska is so damn huge. Which I would only argue with in the sense that it's, if I'm not mistaken, it is like per, like per square mile, it is the least populated state. Yeah. So that they is... might... And it's it's such rugged wilderness. They're like, this really doesn't need a park. Like, it doesn't. I mean, that could be it. Is they don't want to encourage people to go to those parts of Alaska. Right. And because they're like, it's too this dangerous. Is, yeah, this is so dangerous and remote that, like, we don't even need to make it a park because nobody's going here. Yeah. And just for context, for anyone who does not know the size of Alaska or for any mm. international listeners. Alaska is three times the size of Texas. And everyone yeah, talks good. about how big Texas is. So, Yeah, and if you, if you ever look at it on a certain type of map, you'll see it as like a, a sort of cutout, like a little window kind of thing in like yeah. the lower part if you're looking at the whole United States. But if you make it its actual size and lay it on top of the whole of the United States, it's like half the size of the entire country. Yeah, Alaska is huge. Yeah, it is it is shockingly big. Yeah. There is over 84 million acres of protected area in the US. It is a mix of woods, desert, mountain and other wilderness type areas. I don't know what that means exactly other than just like an area that's protected. <laughs> Just a bunch know. of swamps. They're like, well, oh, oh I it could like, be swamp. I didn't even think of that. I suppose like the Everglades. That would yeah. definitely be like other. And I, th- I that think would be that's other. a. I think that's a park. I believe they the Everglades is. Yeah, maybe not even necessarily a national one, but I'm I'm pretty sure at least at some level it's a protected ecosystem thing. Yeah, we're gonna include swamp lands in that. How about how about that? Yes, hell yeah. So these areas are meant to be enjoyed and preserved by everyone, which is the thing that always gets me the most ticked off (laughs) scrolling through the Internet. (laughs) Not everyone is uh, doing their part necessarily. No. And I am actually going to give a few examples of this (laughs) in the last like few years. So one of our big places in Colorado that people like to come and visit is Hanging Lake. Just because like it's not a super long hike. It's it's a more intense hike because like the last 30 feet of it is just stairs. 
Oh my. But you, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous up there. Right now you can't go to it because of the fires that like burned everything around it. So it's like really unsafe to hike up there right now. But oh, that's not good. it was getting so trashed and vandalized that they had to start having passes for people to come and enjoy it when it used to be free. Ah, uh, so yeah. that's we, an we do issue. have a way of ruining things for everyone. Yeah. And then you just have. To, sorry, sorry I was just 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 to clarify, you, you said it was hanging lake. Yes. Hanging because it's like hanging on the side of the mountain. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that sounds cool. Now I want to go there. Now I see why people want to go so bad. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's I think I have a few photos on Facebook that I think I can post. I'll put those on there for you guys. Because it is it is beautiful. I think they're estimating that people won't be able to go there until at least 2024, like 2025. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Wow. Just. It was a pretty bad fire, and in that area, they are struggling with a lot of landslides this summer with the rain. So wow, okay. Yeah, that must be significant. I assumed you meant, like, we're waiting for the fires to die down, and once we get, you know, the air quality back to a certain level, it'll be... I didn't think it was going to be, like, a multi-year wait. Yeah, it's. it was a pretty... Big fire, but it didn't burn any houses just because there wasn't really much around there. But oh, I, mean, I, I guess that's good. I did worry my dad was going to have his house like burned down at one point because it was getting mm. pretty close. He was fine. He had ash rain down at his house, so you know he survived. Oh, that's wicked. It's it's weird when that happens. Yeah, I, I bet. Well, I'm sure he enjoyed it. It was probably a cool spectacle. Assuming that he felt pretty safe. Yeah, he, I mean, he lives down by the river, so. He was like, I'm fine. The whole time, (laughs) I'm like, okay. Sure. So, we have issues with vandalism, just in general, in a lot of national parks. And then you just have piece of shit people, like David Lesh, who... (laughs) I personally am not a fan of, and I know plenty of people who really despise him. He... Who is that? I have no idea. I've never heard that name. Oh, so he is the founder and I believe owner of Vertica Outdoor Gear. I'm going to tell you right now, just don't, don't buy it. Because I don't feel like you should support someone who... Feels that they can go and trash outdoor areas. He was found guilty of illegal snowmobiling in Keystone this last year. Oh, wow. He was snowmobiling in June. When there's no snow. <laughs> Boy, that is beyond so. illegal. That's, that's basically magical. How did he... Was he doing, like, water skipping or whatever? I know that's a thing, but, like... No, what? no, he wasn't doing any like pond skimming or anything like that. He was just like doing it because he felt he could. Um, Tearing up the whole place. He has a photo of him on Instagram taking a shit in Maroon Lake oh in Colorado. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, he's really like deliberately being an asshole. 
In the yeah. most literal sense. Yeah, he pissed off a lot of people with Hanging Lake, of course, because you're not supposed to go into the water or they have this log in the middle where you used to be able to walk on it and then they changed their minds and they're like, no, you just don't do it. It's just, it's no. Yeah. So he got a lot of shit for that because he's like, I'm going to just do it. And <laughs> when you're the kind of person that documents all this stuff you do. Yeah, the uh, the documenting of literally taking a shit is, uh, that's, I mean, that that's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. It is a weird photo. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's beyond just being like edgy or or uh, counterculture that's that's just fucking weird yeah just having people like that and then people vandalizing it makes it difficult to keep these parks preserved so that's just that's more just me on my soapbox a little bit like just pick up after yourself and don't vandalize stuff it's really not that hard. Moving forward, lots of people visit yes. national parks every year. And lots of people go missing in national parks. Okay, <laughs> this is what I yes, was waiting this is, for. This is the meat and potatoes. Some yeah. people go missing with explanations, such as making a hiking mistake or miscalculation, taking on more than you can handle, not knowing how to go off trail safely, not knowing how to protect against different elements, and not knowing how to approach different animals, such as moose, bears, cougars, oh, coyotes, yeah. raccoons, bobcats, foxes, and even just squirrels. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I was going to laugh at raccoons. The squirrels. The squirrels. Yeah, squirrels. Gotcha. Uh, I want to hear a story of a person who went missing because of squirrels. <laughs> Please tell me we have something Have you like ever that. been oh to Zion National Park? No. Do they have some wicked the squirrels? The squirrels are not afraid of people is the problem. So a lot of people oh, think it's okay. really cute to feed the squirrels until they mm -hmm. then attack you for food and tear your hand apart. So Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, they have okay. pictures on like all the buses saying don't feed the squirrels. And it's like a picture of someone with like their yeah. hand like sewn to shit basically. Oh my god. I mean, I know I did know that they have like razor sharp oh, claws. Oh yeah, and stuff. no, it's um and they're apparently assholes. I didn't realize like how vicious the world of squirrels is, but yeah. Wow. And uh, I will say, moose are not as friendly as people think. <laughs> I've had to explain that to people while working at Starbucks. Actually, I no. Kidding. So in Vail, wow. there's a moose that usually hangs around in the summer. <laughs> And she may or may not have babies with her. It's kind of a hit or miss. And mm -hmm. they'll put signs up telling people like what to do if they see the moose. They're like, okay, like it's cool from afar. Don't get close. 
Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a misconception about just how big they actually are and just by the very nature of that, how much power they wield in in a single, like, leisurely yeah, step. Yeah, I had a girl tell me how excited she was to go pet a moose today. And I had to tell oh, her, you boy. should never do that. She's like, but they're so docile, they're so nice. I'm like, they are territorial and aggressive. Don't do mm-hmm. that. You, you will get trampled to death. And you won't see it coming because they're so much faster than you. Oh my god, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, they are so yeah, and and like that's why it's it's essentially why towns just let them mm-hmm. walk through because it's like this is their town, like we're in their oh, territory. Yeah. Basically, it's one of the few creatures on the planet that like we just kind of stand by and let them do their thing because it's like they will destroy oh, you. Yeah, it's so. I think. Just a reminder to people that just because something looks cute on the internet doesn't mean that they aren't still a wild animal and won't still kill you. Yeah, it's, for sure. And ooh. especially, like, it's easy to to get pictures like that with a moose. Well, not necessarily easy, but, like, it's easy to get an impression of a moose when you see pictures of them and even videos of them just lazily walking through a city yeah. street. And it's like, no, no, no. That Yeah, that's... That is their town. That's their territory. And, and you're lucky to see them. And yeah, just don't don't, don't, do don't go near them. Um, and I also want to mention that a lot of these animals sometimes make really weird and terrifying noises. And mm-hmm. I say that for later in our story where some of that is oh. mentioned just because... Foxes, for example, during mating season, sounds like a woman being murdered. And yeah. if that is not a familiar sound to you, it is really terrifying. And you might try to call the police and then they might laugh at you or they'll be like upset when there isn't something happening. Yeah. <laughs> also, here's a fine yeah. for wasting our time. So have a nice day. On the other side of things, some people go missing without any sort of explanation. And it has been estimated that about 1,600 people went missing in 2020 in a national park without oh, wow. any sort of explanation to it. Just vanishing into thin air. That is some weird stuff. I mean, it's kind of like if you think of that that uh, the hundred and twenty some minutes or hundred and twenty hours, something James Franco movie where he falls in a cave. Oh yeah, it's it's like, the one where he cuts his arm off. Yeah, it's just well, spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> it I mean, it's been, been out, out for a, while. For a good <laughs> while, and that was like the whole <laughs> thing about the movie. So, like, that's the one where he cuts his arm off, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you yeah, if you didn't know what the thing was, but I mean, just how quickly I finally watched it, and I was surprised at like just how quickly he goes from essentially just enjoying himself to being at the bottom of a cave where nobody can hear him, nobody is going by, and I mean, it would had he not taken that sort of step to get himself out of there, 
it's conceivable that nobody would have found a single trace. He'd have just been gone with no yeah, explanation. And sometimes that happens is that just taking the wrong step or the wrong turn and something crazy like that happens, like you slip and you fall and you end up in an area you weren't supposed to be in. And no one's going to find you because a, they don't know they're you're there. B right. like you went in that area. So sometimes that is like a huge issue is that people have those kinds of things happen to them, but it seems mysterious yeah. because they're like, well, they just, they're gone. Right. It's. They're just. Suddenly yeah. So I'm not going to completely rule that out. But some of the stories I have for you, I think kind of lean more on the side of eerie versus like, oh, they just disappeared into the wind. Into the wind. Good, good. We like eerie yeah. here. Eerie is interesting. Yeah, the thing that starts to get more on the side of the conspiracy theory is that National Parks Service's does not keep a record of how many people disappear in their parks. Oh, really? Yeah, so there is... I would have assumed that there'd be like a national database of park people. I know there is one out there that is kind of updated, but it's not updated by the National Parks Service. It's updated by other people like reporting missing people. But if you don't know someone's missing... Okay. There's nothing maintained by yeah. the park service itself. Yeah, it's it's weird, especially considering that a lot of parks will require like permits for entry. So it's mm -hmm. kind of weird to think that they're not keeping track of like, OK, like this many people entered the park, this many people left type of thing. And keeping track of right. like the I permit mean, numbers. Yeah, I suppose they don't necessarily have, like, turnstiles coming out and stuff. It's. But maybe, maybe they, they should. Maybe they should, or have, like, a better system for reporting when someone goes missing. Especially since, mm -hmm. kind of going back to the 120-something hours, is that the first 48 hours when someone goes missing is always the most crucial. Right. So right. if like they're not keeping a record of it and it's not being reported, then it's taking that much longer to find these missing people, potentially. Yeah, because like that before they before anyone even gets an inkling that they might have been disappeared, yeah. they're they're already past that yeah. forty eight hours. So this is where missing four one one kind of starts to come in. So for anyone yes. who doesn't know, Missing 411 was created by former police officer of Yosemite National Park, David Politis. I think that's how you say his last name. And he's written four books about this. And in his first book, he discussed 1,100 odd disappearances of people who mysteriously vanished in national parks. A lot. It is a lot. And did you say in his yeah, first and he's book? He's written four of them. 
Wow. I'm I'm guessing he didn't necessarily tackle all of them individually. No. Like like 1100. <laughs> yeah, like individual no. And this I don't is know Tom, if that's he did this. I know he has multiple books, so I don't know if he covers that many over the span I of have... all of them or if it's that much in one book oh, and then like some of them are longer stories and some are really short. But Gotcha. They do have a specific criteria for what category categorizes someone into like the missing 411 category versus just a regular missing person, which mm-hmm. I don't quite know what the distinction is with that exactly. It got a little a little fuzzy to me. Yeah. You would assume missing yeah, is that's, missing. I mean, that's kind of what I think is that a missing person is a missing person like why are we creating this but I, extra category that like has certain parameters but doesn't fit every person that disappears in a national park? He's looking for those particular stories with details where it, it's it just gets kind of eerie and I creepy. Think so. Whereas otherwise they're like, well, his footsteps went off this cliff and now we haven't yeah. found him yet. And it's like, pretty sure he fell. And he's like, yeah, it's not going in the book. That's boring as hell. So some of the criteria is that they will search an area for a person. They'll search it hundreds of times. And then later, that person is then found in an area where they had previously searched and found nothing. Or they're then found in an area that's nearly impossible to get to. Or it's really improbable that these things happened like there's a story where a young boy wandered like 15 miles away from where he like first got lost in the span of like i want to say it was like two days it was like a two-year-old and they're like that's that that is generally shocking and I cannot remember for that story if he was found alive or not, but it was just kind of like, oh, that's weird. Oh, so I guess that is something I didn't know. Some of his stories actually do have, you know, like yeah, a happy ending where do. the person is some found alive. Do. Oh, it's, wow. Okay. I want to say the missing 411, not as much, but there are stories where someone is then. Right later found not all of them are happy endings some of them are um i will say that some of david's theories have been seen to be as more controversial because he has been found to cherry pick certain information to fit the mold of the 411 Versus Uh, covering more of the facts. So he might omit certain things that are like, yeah, they fell into a crevice and we have evidence that, and he's like, they just disappeared into the air. Or it's like, oh, well, they were with these people and then maybe omitting someone who was also there. Mm. So with that, I'm going to play a little trailer for you. Oh, boy. 
I will admit I've watched a little bit of that because <clears throat> I think there's also like three movies now. Um, or maybe there's like a series or something somewhere. Um, the one that I've watched, uh, really reminded me of grandpa and it made me sad. Uh, for anyone who is unaware, very briefly, our grandpa got, uh, turned around and lost in a swamp, uh, years back. Oh, I forgot back. that story. And, uh, yeah, it was, and I wasn't there, but, um, it, it's still kind of a, and, and nothing like super dramatic happened yeah. exactly. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, dad would necessarily describe it very lightly, but, uh, it, it wasn't quite like missing 411 kind of stuff. And, and they found him and, and, you know, got him back and everything. But, uh, the, the, I think I've only watched one story in one of those movies, but it was about, uh, four or five hunters, most of them related, you know, like multi-generational, kind of like when we go yeah. up north in Minnesota and go hunting. And I, I believe it was the oldest member of the group. It was like the last day that they were going to be out there. And, you know, like one guy hasn't had his tag filled yet. And, and I think they were all going to go like group hunt essentially, but it, they drive into this trail mm -hmm. in one of the parks and I think they have just one pickup and they drive and periodically like drop people off and they all specifically wait. And as far as I know, they're, they're essentially, they're, they're very far away from each other, but they're, they're close enough to like see glimpses yeah. of each other. So they're, they're within sight. And I believe he was one of the people who was supposed to, um, I can't remember if he was supposed to stay still or I think the plan was they were all going to walk in a line straight through this forest, essentially to a yeah. body of water. And if I remember correctly, uh, when they all came back out, you know, they, they didn't have, uh, the game they were, they were looking for. And they're like, ah, you know, whatever, let's go have a beer. And he's not back. They're like, we were all supposed to meet back at the truck. So they go searching for him. And I, I believe they find his hat, his gun Ooh. and his boots. And that's it. And they're like, what? Well, they're like, first of all, if you're going to be, if, if you're like hypothermic or something, you're removing articles of clothing, you usually take yeah, everything it's not off. Just like he, he just removes his boots and, and his hat. Yeah. And then, I mean, any hunter, you, you never leave your no, gun. No, that's what, a like, really where would he possibly have gone? Yeah. Yeah. It was really creepy. You maybe would set it up against a, a, a tree trunk if you're gonna go pee or something but yeah you wouldn't yeah. just walk off and not bring your yeah it was That's it weird. was really creepy um i do want to mention that there is a wonderful podcast that covers crime specifically for national in national parks and it's called park predators oh. i believe they're done by audio check and i listen to some of those episodes leading up to our recording today just mm -hmm. to kind of get into like the okay. feel of it and it's kind of nice sure. to hear some of like the crime stuff that happens since i mean you always feel like stuff happens in national parks but you don't hear tons about it and and i'm assuming they're they're more than missing 411 in the sense that it's not always like eerie yeah. creepy stories it's it's sometimes just general People did this and they got caught yeah, by the cops. Yeah, so theirs is just general crime stories. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. Interesting. With the beginning of missing 411, a lot of people felt that the National Park Service and the government were hiding something, whether it's hiding responsibility with Uh, what's happening or just hiding things in general in the park. I I kind of forgot that this was essentially titled like National Park Conspiracies. I was like, I almost forgot that we were going somewhere with this. A lot of people believe that national parks are home to more than just wild animals and preservation area. Yeah. Some people think it's aliens. Some people think that the parks are meant to keep things that are protected that are not wildlife. And some people think that it is cannibalistic, undomesticated people living in the parks. Wow. Uh, Okay. That... (laughs) That is a hard turn I was not expecting, I'll admit. <laughs> I I was thinking maybe maybe some kind of really bad felony detention center, like underground or something. I was not expecting just cannibals. Just a tribe of cannibals. Yeah, that's where we're keeping yeah, it in the park. So I actually have another video for you to go into that. From Hey J. This one's from TikTok, so I'll definitely try to share this on Social media. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. Um, so. Wow. I've got one more video for you, but that's not for a hot minute. So. Alrighty. There's a lot of theories going around about these feral people living in the parks. A lot of people Mm -hmm. think that their main target are small children because they're easy to snatch. Well, yeah, Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Some theorists call them little feet, which is a play on Bigfoot. Except they're like... Human sized? <laughs> now a major motion picture. Littlefoot. Yeah. The dinosaur. I was gonna say, I'm guessing that's I'm guessing well no, there's um there oh there was some I think maybe it was uh DreamWorks or Illuminate. Some company came out with a movie recently that I think was called Little Foot or Little Feet. Oh, interesting. And it was it was literally that. It was a it was about a human that ends up either dimension hopping or or going in some remote area where they end up in a civilization of oh. Bigfoot people. And so they become the legend oh, of the Littlefoot. It's, yeah, it's like, now I can't help wondering if that movie in some small way is inspired by it this. It could be. Um, now I'm hoping a so. A lot of people just that have seen them have described them as being more animal-like than human-like. They'll walk on all fours. They have a lot of unkempt hair. Oh, creepy. They have their own language. And they have a distinct petting zoo smell. 
which I'm assuming is like the entirety of of a petting zoo all encapsulated into one scent. Oh, I... Which does not sound good to me. And just the the stench of stale straw. Yeah. It's like a weird... Rotting leaves. Pungent, like, stale That is quite a specific description. Because, yeah, not, not even, like, not even, like, farm, like, manure smell. Petting zoo specifically. That is, can't even really fathom what that is supposed to mean. But I don't want to smell it, I'll tell you that. I do not have interest. No, um... I will just never go to a petting Ever zoo again. for the rest I of my life. I've petting zoos for everyone. It's fine. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, there have been numerous reports of these cannibal people from people just like visiting in the parks. And a lot of people believe that the government oh, okay. is hiding them due to their lack of species classification. Some people think that this is because they could potentially be the missing link in the theory of evolution. Uh-huh. Which kind of demonstrates how people don't have an understanding of what that yeah. is. Or, you know, because you don't want to freak people out about potentially getting eaten by cannibalistic feral people while they go camping and try to, like, have a vacation in the woods. Yeah, that, I can see those as reasons why they I wouldn't don't say buy anything. Any... <clears throat> I can see that as why they wouldn't say anything, but I don't see why they would let people go to the parks. Well, they wouldn't be. There are plenty of areas that our government has like cut off that are basically off limits. Doesn't make any sense that they would just let people wander into these horribly dangerous, feral, cannibalistic campgrounds, essentially. We should be like, eh, what, what are the numbers on this? Eh, we're probably going to lose, you know, one or two people a year. Well, that's not bad. Well, that's not part bad. Part of it is that there are sections in national parks that are considered, like, banned. Or there yeah. are sections in within national parks themselves that you are not supposed to go to. Like, you can't camp there. You're going to get Find for that. You'll get fined for just like being over in that area. So some people think that that's part of it is that they have this like outlined territory. And if you're not encroaching on their territory, they generally will leave you alone. Yeah. Okay. See now, now I'm buying that a bit more. Like if there's an area that they specifically say you're not supposed to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put the cannibals in there and we'll, Throw them in some ways would kind of make sense if you have these areas that like you have specific trails, you're not supposed to wander off trail. You're not supposed to do that. So then if you do Mm. and something happens, like that's kind of your price to pay. You got to pay the piper. And then you will pay it by being eaten by (laughs) another human. That's terrible. There, it seems like an all right way to go. I mean, I'm sure it would be painful, but knowing that you helped one other person get another Mm -hmm. meal, you know, 
that's that's kind of nice. I mean, I think the only time I'd maybe, and this is like a hard maybe, would like be okay with that was being like stranded at sea, and there are no options. Ooh. That is, is the law, law of the sea. sea, and I think we all understand that. No one wants it to happen, yeah, but that's we all true. kind of understand this to a degree. Yeah. We've we've all heard about Moby Dick and uh and the Oregon Trail and stuff. The, hell, the Oregon Trail, they weren't even lost at sea. They were lost at mountain. Yeah. You know the Donner Party? Those bastards. Was a great example. That's the phrase yeah. I was looking for. <laughs> Not but I was just thinking the just Oregon like Trail. the game Oregon Trail. It's like you died of dysentery. Mhm. Yeah. You died of No, I, yeah, that's what Oops. I the Donner Party. You died. End of game. You fell out of the thing in the river and now you're Ooh, dead. Too bad. That's the Oregon Trail for you. Yeah, it's the Oregon. Oh, that's God. how it should have ended. Whenever you die, you're just like, that's the Oregon Trail. And it's some like old prospector like <laughs> wringing his, his hands. Relax, doing a little jig. Mm hmm. He's really like a <laughs> leprechaun, and every time he gets someone to go down the trail and die, he, <laughs> he gets, gets more, more gold for his pot or some shit. Mm hmm. Oh. That's the Oregon Trail. <laughs> Who's Honestly, next? I could see something like that happening in this national park scenario. He's like, you wandered off trail. Ooh, mm. You're mine now. Wandered off trail you went. Now your life to me is spent. I spent six months writing that. I, that it was a pretty good. I only had those two lines. <laughs> I had to memorize them for it's creepy. All right, come here. I'm going to hit you. Yeah, I'm going to hit you with my axe now. Yeah, I didn't know leprechauns held axes, did you? Yeah, yeah, it's a pot of gold this and rainbows that. Come here, you <laughs> son of a bitch. It has been rumored that there are feral people living specifically in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Not necessarily in the park, just well, in was, the Smoky Mountains. I was going to say, is that... Um, I don't think that's quite far to be Appalachia but um I have heard things about that where it's like again not not necessarily in national parks but there apparently are genuinely like reported cases of people just not exactly feral like to the point of being like literally cannibalistic but there are people that just live out in the yeah. wild and they are practically I mean animal. that is very much a thing I definitely think of 30 Rock when Kind of talks about the hill people specifically. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, the hill people. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Like, they're just there and you don't oh, really go oh, I... bother them. But they make like their right, own right, you moonshine. Leave them alone. Stay out of their territory. And you trade every once in a while. And they talk all weird. Mm hmm. Yeah, they come mm -hmm. down from the hills every few months or weeks and they, yeah, they trade moonshine yep. for other shit. I could see it. Yeah. All right, oh, you're winning me over. Wonderful. I think I'm on can I'm on board for cannabis so, now. It is unclear where this theory really began and where it started circulating. But it did really begin to pick up speed in early 2021. I personally have had a few people send me videos about it. 
in my own mm-hmm. Instagram feed and I just would watch it and be like, oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> like, I wonder. And I want to go find them. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who have posted stuff about something like this happening in a national park will have it mysteriously get deleted or people like YouTuber Olivia, who her channel is Chronicles of Olivia, who we're going to talk about in just a minute, they will get hacked and then have their stuff deleted. Yeah, which is actually why the video of hers that I looked at for this is only on YouTube and it's no longer on TikTok because her account got hacked and all of it got deleted. Yeah. Oh, that's a dick move. And that's the video I sent you a link of earlier that I said was too long to watch. Mm, okay. Right. <laughs> More just, it's too long for me to sit here for like <clears throat> 10 minutes while you watch it. I was going to say, I assumed you meant just in general. Like, no, it's, it's like a 10 a minute Nobody's video. And I just, don't wanna, I just like, want you to know. Yeah. Say <laughs> and watch you react since like I've already watched it. It's too long to watch just in no, general. I'm, it's fun I'm going to go at. into her story, one other like eyewitness type story, and then a few disappearances. So, Sweet. Starting with Olivia, she was camping in Lena Lake in Washington with, I think it was just her and her mom. She was about 14 at the time. And I think in the YouTube video, she's, honestly, she's like 18 or 19. She might be a little bit older. So this was a while ago. They were taking a hike like around the lake. And they came to like this muddy embankment. And the thing that seemed really weird to her is that there were hundreds of these footprints just in the mud, sunken in about like four inches deep. Which, looking at some of the photos she posted, her footprints were like maybe half an inch into the mud. So this either happened when the mud was a lot easier to sink into. Yeah, it had more moisture content or or whatever. Whatever made these footprints a lot heavier than her. Yeah. And the thing that was weird is that all of the footprints appeared to enter and leave the same area of the woods that one is a place you weren't supposed to be at. So you weren't supposed to be camping over there. You weren't supposed to be hiking over there and getting to and from where they entered was super rocky, which I mean, I'm sure we've all had those times like as kids where you just walk around barefoot and you're like, Oh, it's fine. But there does get a point where it's so rocky that you're like, I can't do this barefoot. I I did actually reflect on that just a few weeks ago oh, when did? I was over at my dad's and I thought of, well, cause like I, I went outside to like 
uh, try to grab my dog as she was running away and uh, the snow wasn't super mm-hmm. thick in some parts and he still has a gravel driveway and I would catch some rocks. And I remember as a kid, we'd, I mean, we'd run across the yeah. the gravel and stuff and we, we didn't seem to care. But I did think about the fact that when we did that, I was like an eighth of my current yeah. size. So it's like I was way lighter and you could just... It, you didn't really notice it. You could just run and it didn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, it would make sense as, as an adult that it would just be yeah. way more painful. So there's that to consider. I mean, I certainly know a few people who just like being barefoot. And it's, I think it's sure. when you do it so regularly, it doesn't bother you as much. Yeah, but yeah. I think there's still that mm-hmm. point where like when you're hiking just because you don't know what you could come across, you do wear shoes. For sure. Well, and you know what would make your uh, your feet sink further into the mud? Is if you were carrying another body that you were about Ooh, to I eat. I didn't even think of that. Cannibals. I honestly Cannibals. didn't think of that, and that is a very valid point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about twice as, heavy. twice as heavy with that. I'm going to talk about the footprints specifically, which is like a big thing she got into because she was talking about in her video how weird the footprints were. Um, She took a photo of like her foot next to the footprints and they were a little bit smaller than her foot. And I want to say... Her foot size is probably closer to average. And so the foot was probably about the size of my foot, which is very small. So, yeah, so not like necessarily a child, but it's a it's a presumably adult. Yeah, it's human. And they have enough weight to sink further yeah, into the mud. Presumably an adult size foot and. Just since I did mention that it was about the size of my foot, I will explain what size that is for everyone out there. I wear a woman's six and a half, which is a men's four. So small. Yeah. Really petite. Yeah. Um, I want to say in a child size, that is also about a four, maybe a five on like the large end. So, yeah, it's the footprint size was pretty small and the footprints, every single one of them was extremely flat footed. Which Mm. I feel like even most people who are flat footed, when you look at their physical footprints, there's still like a little bit of that arch. It may not be much, it may be very little. But this was, like, I'd say, in the level of flat-footedness, the foot of an elephant is about how flat this was. This is, like, Ken doll plastic flatter foot than that. flat. It is flatter than that. Damn! Because even then, Damn. plastic Ken doll still has, like, a little bit in there. And he's pretty flat-footed. Oh, shit, I like, think you're right. He's yeah. pretty bad. He is. Which, 
Okay, yeah, elephant's yeah. probably a good description. In a lot of ways, this is like an actual person. The level of flat-footedness you have to have. There's, I couldn't find the name for it, but there is like a specific condition where like you have very extreme flat feet. Fallen it's arches, It's not maybe? fallen arches because fallen arches is... When you have an arch and you lose some of it and become more flat-footed. Sounds to me like what you're describing. Well, I mean, it's like being born with flat, like very severe flat feet. Versus having it happen later. Maybe the arches fell right when they came out. (laughs) All right. I'll be honest, I don't know enough about falling arches. Yeah, what I do know from... (laughs) just my own knowledge and from looking into this like a little bit more is that if you are generally pretty flat footed, a lot of podiatrists will suggest having surgery to fix it so that you have better foot mobility. And because being super flat footed can cause overpronation of your feet. So that's when your ankles start to turn in so the soles of your feet start to face out. So like rolling your ankles inward, which... Yeah, that doesn't sound comfortable at all. No, and with that, there's you have a huge potential for ankle injury because you have like a weakness in your ankles. And... Yeah, I can see that. If your feet are rolling inwards... If you happen to like have a something happen and you roll your foot, rolling it inward will break your ankle versus spraining it when you roll it the other way, like normal people do. Generally, (laughs) it it does happen like it will happen to normal people. Their ankle rolls the wrong way. And 95% of the time, I want to say it's a break versus just a sprain. That I do not want that at all. If this is a person making these footprints, they really should see a doctor because the severity of this flat footedness is going to give them so many problems. And they probably shouldn't be. They shouldn't be carrying bodies. They shouldn't. I mean, which. No, eat them where they are. I'm also wondering how exactly that works for them, because from what I understand being very flat-footed can also be very painful. So. Yeah. Well, their, their feet have become so numb from living you know, in the that's wild probably for so long it. anyway. So I could see it as if that's just something you've been born with and you're living your life in the woods and that's all you've known. You're not going to think twice about it. No one's going to tell you differently. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. I don't, I don't think they care. In fact, they probably, the reason there were so many footprints is because they've gotten used to dismembering bodies and carrying them piece by piece. So they have to you make a that. bunch of trips and they probably that take little steps. You know. One thing that was very interesting about the footprints is that they have a metatarsal break in them, which is about halfway to two thirds of like up the foot. So it's kind of more like uh, by the ball of the foot so that it 
If, if you're, when you're that footed, when you're that flat footed and you see this in monkeys, they'll have the metatarsal break so that their foot can actually bend and they can actually move and maneuver without having foot problems. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> I, the metatarsal break is a feature yes. of the foot. I was thinking they you, just have this injury. broken ridge in okay. their foot and they're not getting help. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, that's why they're so the flat foot. because that but, arch breaks. Yeah. So having gotcha. that metatarsal break, break would allow them to have such flat feet without it being like an issue, which that's not something people have. People don't generally have that in their foot. It's like weird. It's yeah, weird to have that in your foot. Yeah. So she attempted to recreate the footprints. And from what she saw, it seemed really improbable that they were human. And she did make a report to, I believe it was the Bigfoot Society in Washington through like the park services. And I don't and, think she's heard. And they just laughed her off because they're like, this is not Bigfoot. This is a really little foot. Madam, do you know what we do here? This is a small foot. This is this is a child's. This five is the opposite best. of what we were looking for. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Get out of here. Unless you can prove cannibalism, fallen arches, or a metatarsal break, uh, we're not interested. Goodbye. Yeah. So, there's that one. That is going to be a story. I, there isn't really much else to it. She goes into like this whole thing about the feet, and I think it's a little weird. I think they're kind of weird looking. Like Something about them doesn't sit right with me. I don't know mm. if it, that's just like me mm. being skeptical. Just something about it ain't right. And now we're going to hey. talk about at the present believer and her experience. So that's her TikTok handle. Not, not as good as uh, Olivia Chronicles, yeah. but uh, okay, I'll take it. Still, still pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Still pretty so good. her story comes from when she was camping at Big Bend National Park in Brewster County, Texas, with her husband and her daughter. As they were out enjoying their time there, in the middle of the night, they heard multiple people screaming in the wilderness of the park. Oh my god. Some of well, that's just a fox. Some of the phrasing they were able to hear oh. was, we're going to die. Oh, my. Okay, that's Call probably a ranger. not a fox. And I love oh you, just know that. So. Jesus Christ. I think if you're starting to hear actual words versus just shrieking. That is a whole yeah. other story because I was I was skeptical too until they're like, no, no, no. Like I heard actual phrasing outside of like the bloody murder screaming. Yeah, well, and I mean, we all know that a, a fox getting up to no good is, is the last thing it would want That's you to do is call a park ranger. Like if Yogi Bear 
Yeah, if Yogi Bear has taught us anything, you yeah, they wouldn't want the mm -hmm. authorities alerted. So even if they so, can talk. Her and her family did make a report to the police and the park rangers. The police said the park rangers would look into it. They'll take care of it. And when she asked about it later, they had no idea what she was talking about. They're like... They're like, lady, it was just some like, foxes There fucking was in the forest. no call. There was nothing reported to us. Like, what are you talking about? What? That's creepy. Ugh, that gives me chills that she's like, no, I definitely was told this is what was happening. And I talked... From some of the stories that she talked to park rangers, some of them didn't. And to just kind of be like, we don't know anything is weird. That was, yeah, that was going to be the next thing. It's like, if it was the, literally the same park ranger, she's like, ma'am, I don't even know who oh. you are. Like, but I talked, I talked to you last week. I don't, I don't know, know what, what you're you talking mean. about, ma'am. So this leads me to her TikTok video. So I'm going to leave it up for you for a minute to read through it. Just because oh, oh, it's, okay. it is hard to watch the video and like read everything it says. So right, right. I'll give you a minute for that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, eight eight hundred thousand acre know, national that's park. huge. Okay, I'm gonna press play. Do it. She looks way too cool she for does. TikTok. She's like, I just want to eat other humans. She yeah. looks disturbed. She looks very disturbed by it, <laughs> which I think is the part that kind of gives me chills like a little bit more is just the fact that she is still after like God knows how long of having this experience still having some like trauma with it. Like, Ooh, yeah. that is unsettling. I am unsettled. Maybe they were getting eaten by oh, bears. God. I mean, it could happen. Have you heard have you heard some of that audio recordings of the people who like pull out their phones and call someone like as they're being eaten awful. by a bear? I don't. Yeah, I no. don't recommend it. It's pretty uh, horrific. If the audio that I heard is even yeah. the actual stuff, I I don't think it is because I don't believe they yeah. they've released it. But so now we're going to talk about the disappearance of Dennis Martin. So this took place in the Great Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. He disappeared on June 14th in 1969 at the age of six. So, yes, he was six age years of old. Six? He oh, okay. was camping with family. Yes. They were with one other family. And I'm not sure what the adults were doing, but they were coming back. They left the kids and there's... You know, a few different ages of kids, so it's not just like a bunch of six-year-olds. And they thought it would be <laughs> really funny if they... <laughs> six-year-olds camping by they... themselves. 
Oh, and then oh, they God. fight off a cannibal? So okay, yeah. They thought it would be really yeah. funny if they went, like, behind the bushes and then, like, jumped out and yelled surprise when, like, the adults came back. So wholesome. Classic. Fucking six-year-olds. So wholesome. And when they did that, all of the kids except Martin jumped out of the tree or the bushes. Like, they, they really were not far. Oh. They just went, like, around the bush on the edge of the campsite. So, yeah, and Martin yeah, everyone but gone. Martin jumped out. And after about five minutes of waiting for him to jump out and like yell surprise, his family got really concerned. Just he's six years old. Where is he going to go? And yeah, so they contact authorities almost immediately and they started searching for Dennis. He. They had search parties with the National Guard and Special Forces, which their search party was a little difficult to get started because there were really heavy rains during the first day. And then the next day was like super heavy mist. So it was like kind of hard to do some searching, but they still tried. Yeah. Yeah. There were up to fourteen hundred people out searching for Martin. Wow. They did find some child-sized footprints that led down to the stream and then disappeared. They were not. Were they flat? They. He had normal arches. They were okay. The tracks okay. indicated that one foot was barefoot, and the other was in a shoe. That Dennis was wearing at the time of his disappearance. That is so sad. They dismissed the footprints as being his. And thought that they were part of one of the Boy Scouts participating in the search efforts. So I don't know why this Boy Scout was only wearing one shoe. Like, that's kind of weird. I was just going to say... Yeah, wouldn't that be fairly easy to confirm if they were like, oh, yeah, sorry, that that's me. I think I, that's I the thing is that they just kind of like brushed it off versus actually confirming. Just I, I think because the of search party was so large. Yeah, I could see that. Um, they did later find a shoe and a sock on June 22nd. That was in an area that they had already searched. Just like missing 411 says. It is. It's great. They ended up scaling Dennis's search back after they continued to search for him until June 26th. So again, he went missing on June 14th. So the 26th, they started scaling back efforts. And then later abandoned the search by June 29th. The search for him was officially closed on September 24th, 1969. They never found him. Wow. And it is still one of the largest search parties for a missing person in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Damn. So some theories. And a, a, 
Some theories about his disappearance is that he became lost and died due to exposure. Yeah, that's a pretty common one, it seems. You get lost out in the wilderness, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah, the temperature dropped nearly 50 degrees and it had rained. So... Whoa! Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for a a little boy, that is that is too much. I mean, 50 degrees, that that's a lot for an adult. Yeah. I mean, that's like when it gets to 50 Fahrenheit, that's when hypothermia can set in. So if you're at the point where it's it's warm enough, like even if it's 100 degrees, if it drops 50 degrees, you're in hypothermia territory. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to make um, it. Another theory is that he was attacked by a hungry bear or less likely a feral pig. Oh. And then carried off. <laughs> I, I I don't know why that la- the the second one is funnier, but uh, something about a pig. I mean, I'm assuming like a wild boar with tusks. No, and such, actually, that that was I, what I'm I assumed. Like, Specifically, a feral pig, yeah. as in a pig that had been kept as a pet, and then ran off and now lives in the wild of its own choice. Whoa, that's that's a very different version of that is because I very much thought like wild boar and was surprised when that was. Yeah, yeah. That is strangely kind of is. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. Like, oh, I'm going to leave my human captivity and then I'm going to eat humans. Snack. I'm a pig. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Oh, my God. And all they found was a shoe and a sock. And the third and final theory is that he was abducted by someone or something. Or On the afternoon that he disappeared, a park tourist, Harold Key, and his family heard an enormous Sickening scream. And shortly after they heard the scream, they witnessed an unkempt man running up the trail where the noise had come from. And then the man abruptly leaving and disappearing. Oh, what the f- <laughs> That kind of seems like clue number one. One would think. But eat. since they could never find the man... He had to take a shit he real bad. He must have, like, damn. Well, he just ate an entire child. I mean, it's, that moves through you pretty quick. So then yeah. our last story to go with our parks is the disappearance of Larry Jeffrey. Another six-year-old disappearance. Oh, I don't what? know. This was not planned. Really ending on a high note, really. Six-year-old Larry Jeffrey disappeared near the peak, which is about 12,000 feet high of Mount Charleston in the Humboldt-Tayobi National Forest. He was with his older brothers. Is that also in Tennessee? I am not sure. I want to say it's like in Nevada. Oh, no. That's probably wrong. Let's... Let's say that it is. It's not in Tennessee, I believe. 
I'll look it up later. So the search began almost immediately after he wandered away from his brothers. And within days, the National Guard and a team of bloodhounds had joined the search for Larry. Wow. They were in a pretty secluded area, so they were able to rule out him being abducted by car. So. Yeah, I mean, those wild cars just running through the forest can be pretty, pretty. I mean, if you're like on the edge of the road, if you're looking to snatch a child. I feel like that's an easy way to do it. That is true. (laughs) Just. Just cruising along National Forest, the edge of a National Forest, on the off chance that a child comes through here. I don't know what that witch was doing with their gingerbread house. This is how you do it, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, and then you're sitting there in the comfort of your your sweet bucket seats. You're listening to a sweet podcast. Absolutely listening to this podcast. That would be so meta. You could even listen to this. So meta. So. And then the witch, the witch is sitting there like, oh, they're talking about me. Oh, there's a kid. Okay. That's cool. Pause. Yeah. So there were also no reported predators in the area to carry him off. So that's kind of weird. According to David Politas, he walked into oblivion. Oh my God. That's very dark. Not no. good sounding. That's the last <laughs> thing you want to hear as a parent is, I'm sorry, but your child walked into oblivion. Your child walked into oblivion. Now, your child did what we like to call walking into oblivion. Now, that's, that sounds bad, but Oblivion is actually a really nice store that's just on the edge of the, the Forest Ranger. He, it's a big store. He's probably just wandering around. We should check the so bathroom. This is kind of where it gets weird. That, so, yes, This it is gets where it weirder. gets weird? It was believed that All right. Larry wasn't going to be able to survive through any nightly conditions or any sort of cold weather because he was wearing light clothing. Yeah. So yeah, basically he's six years old. He's going to succumb to the elements. Like that's just what's going to happen. But as Mm -hmm. search parties were looking for him, they started finding, they found and lost a trail for him with like the bloodhounds a few times. And they oh, found wow. evidence that he was eating bugs and foraged berries for like a few days. Oh, wow. Okay. And at this point, he has still remained unfound, and the search was called off after 16 days. There were about a thousand people oh, looking like- for him, and he just wow. disappeared. I like to think that Larry's out there somewhere still eating some berries and bugs. I don't know. The last. He became oh a feral God. cannibal. We've come oh full circle. Larry. We've come full circle. He traveled to the Smoky Mountains. Oh, shit. Traversed through time and space. 
or he's just you know another cannibal that became a leprechaun you know whatever all of the above maybe yeah all of them exactly so whether it's just weird disappearances or feral people maybe the national parks are hiding something who's to say well, if uh, if that one dude's Instagram account is, oh my God. is uh, to be any indication, he's he's def they're definitely hiding at least a bunch of assholes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> so that is our story. Well, that was that was nuts. That, uh, thank you for uh, disturbing me. I mean, I feel like uh, that is my role here is to to just slowly disturb you. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing a good job. That was uh, great. I get to have dreams of Larry. See, now I feel like Larry's going to be coming after me. Why would he come after you? He's six. I probably shouldn't. He's dead. Not anymore. Oh my (laughs) God. In some ways, he's going to be six forever. We shouldn't be making fun of a poor child lost in the woods. Come on, Selene. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not laughing. Or am I? (laughs) I was waiting for... Or maybe I am. No, I I think these stories are really sad and they, they bother me. Missing people bother me. Yeah. Because I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. I, everybody wants to know. And the, and the, the, the parts that I think really got me the kind of cherry on top of it was all the random sort of screaming sounds that people hear. Like, even if it is a Fox, even if it is like the foxes out in the forest, that that would, it's so unsettling. I've heard sounds similar to that. And it is not, it is not, uh, it's really not. Like, I don't know how many times just here, like, being at my parents' house, you hear, like, a fox in the middle of the night, and even though you know what it is, it is still so unsettling. Because it is mm-hmm. just a scary yeah, noise. it is. A... Makes my skin crawl. Even, um... Oof. Yeah, e- even living in St. Paul for a while, on, like, a, a cool night in the summer, like, with the windows open and stuff... You hear what is very obviously like two cats, like kind of fighting yeah. over territory, but there's just the way that it's like kind of off in the distance and and Ugh. it echoes through the through the cityscape. Ooh. It's just creepy. No, not a fan. Yeah, just just kind of really any any sound of any general discomfort off in the distance is always just it unsettling. Is. It really is. Ooh. So, well, with that, speaking of cannibalism, I'm going to say, uh, uh, although we didn't make any of our treats this, this week, I mean, it's kind of hard to go wrong with just meat and, and nuts and beer. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would agree. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with, with a, with a whole group rating. I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. I mean, it's not meant to be super tasty. It's meant to give you energy yeah. on the trail. And the beer is meant to be a refreshing treat uh, after a hard day's hiking. 
Yeah. I'm give it a solid seven. I am going to give my beer about a 10 because it's fantastic. So. Yeah. <laughs> Try any of left-handed stuff. They're. Yeah. They're pretty top notch. I am a I, big fan. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when you said left-handed. I didn't. I also didn't know they were a national brand. I, I wasn't necessarily assuming they were like they're Minnesotan or or Midwestern exactly. Mm-hmm. No way for real. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's. And we get them all I the way know. up here. That's nice. They are. Yeah. They're wonderful. And oh, I actually went there like a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago, and. The people that work there are just so wonderfully nice and so welcoming. I cannot yeah. recommend them enough. Did you have like a tour or is it also so sort it's of kind of like, of like a, restaurant? a restaurant? So I went with Gabriel and we met my best friend, Sarah. She lives in Fort Collins, so it's like a halfway point. So we met there, had some drinks, oh, okay, had cool. some food, and it was lovely. Yeah, oh, that's nice. And the people working there were really, really nice to us. So I was like, thank you. <laughs> I feel like it'd be hard to not be in a good mood yeah. when you work at a brewery. I mean, because when you're cranky, you just have a little taster of beer and like you feel better. Ex- exactly. And they got really yeah. damn so, good beer. I'm going to give them a 10. I'm going to give the Costco beef jerky I had. My beef jerky was from Costco. <laughs> I give that an eight because it's pretty good. <laughs> and the price is pretty good like right. as far as beef jerky goes. Yeah. But it is not the best I've ever had. So. Granted. When it's the best I've ever had, I will then rate it a 10. But, you know, it's a solid choice. Well, yeah, don't give it a 10 if it and doesn't I'm a And I'm going to say trail mix is about I mean, a 6 mine... for me. I just, I want it to be saltier than it is. And that's why. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah, I, uh, I mean, pretty much throughout our whole childhood, our dad would bring out trail mix and it's weird how it has, it has all of the components of it. And I just got like the general kind of like mm-hmm. nuts and yeah, M&Ms or, or, candy cased yeah and like raisins and stuff um although i kind of hate raisins if i'm being honest i think maybe that drops it i think they're okay like i like nuts i like chocolate i'm not a fan um within a trail mix though they're not that bad i guess it just uh but in a similar way i always want Mm -hmm. it to be better and it really does come off to me as a snack that is utility like it's it doesn't really have all the components that come together in a way that is better than the sum of all the parts so like you take a handful and you kind of want it to be a delicious treat and something about the way the nuts and the chocolate and the raisins interact does not go well i prefer when you mix your own trail mix because then you can usually I've never oh, actually done it's, that. It's way better because you can pick what goes into it. Yeah. So you can kind of pick like, yeah, maybe I want something that is like saltier. So you get like yeah. more of like a salted peanut versus like just regular roast peanuts and kind of some of those things you can kind of cherry pick into a better combination. Yeah. 
Yeah, even just a, a better yeah. ratio, because like I didn't necessarily mind what mine was, but because uh, I wouldn't even mind the raisins really. But there were too many. There was for for any given handful, there were too many raisins. Yeah, I just wanted saltier nuts. That's, that's just what I want. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, <laughs> just hashtag, hashtag salty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> salty nuts. Celine wants saltier nuts. What are you gonna do? That's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Abe know. Oh God. Saltier nuts. That's what you know. I hey I did. That's true. You said that anyway. So this is that's... our episode for the week. <laughs> exactly. Bye, everybody. No, if if you for some reason want to get in touch with us, you can email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. Remember to send all your hate mail. Make Can't sure wait you to read it. put Matt in the subject. You can tweet at us. Thank you. Yeah, yes. I want to cry. Hashtag ma- yes. make Matt cry. Uh, you can tweet at us at peculiarpairpod. You can find us on Instagram at peculiarpairingspod and uh, also look us up on Patreon. Yeah. It's all, all the links are below, so you're, you don't have to search far for them. And we hope you enjoyed this story. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of depressing, terrifying stuff. Yeah. Good, good on you, National Park. I mean, just stay good tuned times. next week. What it'll be, it'll be a surprise for you. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.